is like the most important part of a house? Wow, okay, kitchen. <laughs> what else? Where's Tom? Is Tom Leopold here? Yes. Thank you. The foundation. You know, your responses really tell me what you, <laughs> what you value the most in a home. <laughs> Guys, the foundation is the most important part of a house, and it just happens to be the, the unseen part. You don't see the foundation, and yet it's the most important part of a house. Guys, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about our foundation in our lives. Guys, we got to get it right. We got to set the foundation, man, perfectly. Tom, I don't know about you, but when you're setting foundations for your projects and your homes, you're trying to get it perfect, right? Like not just like a, a centimeter off or a millimeter off. I mean, you want that foundation perfect, guys. And that's what we're doing in God's word today. Guys, I want to set the foundation for you guys. I want to set the foundation. And I want to ask you a simple question. What is your foundation? What is it? What is the foundation of this church? Like, what are we standing on? Amen. Jesus, what are we standing on? What are we grounded in? We're grounded in the word of God. Right? Guys, what's the layer that you are building everything on top of in your life? Guys, after today, man, we've seen a lot from Paul and Acts so far in this sermon series. We've seen a lot. Today, the Ephesian church, they're never going to see Paul again. Today is Paul's last words, last spoken words to the Ephesian church. So the text is, there's emotion in the text. But man, what, what's a guy who's gonna, about to leave these people? They're never going to see his face again. What does he have to say? Right? You, talk, you think about a guy, a person who's dying. Right? We all want to know, like, what's their last words? What were the last words that came out of his or her mouth? Well, Paul's not dying yet, but he's leaving. He's leaving, and he's got something to say to the Ephesian church. And I want you to see Paul's focus here, at least what I'm seeing in this text. Paul has laid a solid foundation for the Ephesian church in its beginning years. He's laid a solid foundation for the church. And I want us to see this in this church, and I want to see it in our lives I want to see it in our future ministry, whether it's a church plant or whatever it is. Guys, let's read the text. Before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you uh, just for your love and your graciousness that you would actually show us yourself. Lord, that you would actually convey to us your, your actual words, Lord, and what you want us to know about you, God. I pray that we leave here, that we understand that our solid foundation in our life is not about anything that we do or anything about our effort, but we set a solid foundation by recognizing who you are and your beauty and just how beautiful that you are, Lord. I thank you for all these things and I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Guys, let's read the first portion of the text and Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 31. Verses 17 through 31. Today's text is verses 17 through 38, but we're going to start here with through 31. The scripture says this. It says, Now 
from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them. These are Paul's last words to these Ephesian leaders. You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone out about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Guys, this is the last couple chapters in this, the last couple chapters in this series we've seen, the beginnings of the Ephesian church. Man, you read the, the letter to the Ephesians that Paul wrote later in the New Testament. Man, that's the Ephesian church that we're talking about here. And this church was built on a solid foundation. This is a really solid church at this time. Paul, man, Paul busted his butt doing ministry in Ephesus. This is a strong church. Guys, Paul has been with them for, the, for almost three years, engaging in discipling relationships, building relationships, doing miraculous ministry based in Ephesus. And we saw the entire country of Asia Minor, which is present-day Turkey, heard the word of the Lord. Guys, some awesome stuff happened through a foundation that Paul laid in the Ephesian church. Guys, now Paul, he's left Ephesus and he's going to Jerusalem. But before he boards a boat, he gathers the Ephesian leaders. He gathers their, their leaders to challenge them. So Paul gives this intimate message to the leaders of the Ephesian church. And I want you to see this thread that runs through this text. Guys, when Paul repeatedly says things like, he says things like, I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And when he says things like, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. And when he says something like, I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Guys, this is a guy on a mission. 
And what we see here, when Paul says these things, he's talking about the gospel. He's talking about the gospel. Paul is saying, I have laid the foundation for you. I have laid the foundation for you these past three years. I have set you up for success. I have set you up for success. Guys, translation, Paul busted his butt. He busted his butt and laid the foundation of the gospel in the Ephesian church. And he did not shrink and he did not cease at all costs. Guys, he proclaimed the gospel and he lived it out in the Ephesian church and in his life. Man, talk about last words. Riverside was started in the, it was planted in the year 2000 by a guy named Aaron Harvey. Man, some of you might not know who Aaron is. You may not have been here when Aaron was here. Aaron was our pastor for 13 years, and in 2013, he told the church that he was called, him and his family were called to Louisville, Kentucky to engage in a new ministry out there. Man, it, I'm not gonna lie, it was a little emotional. I was still like a really young Christian and just kind of like, you know, trying to figure things out, and here's this guy, Aaron, who... Man, I really enjoyed his ministry, man. I enjoyed listening to his sermons and just, I learned so much and grew through so, so, much, so much from Aaron and now he's leaving. And there was kind of like an air of uncertainty in the church. I think there was. Was there not for those of you who are here? Well, just this past week, man, after reading this text, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna listen to Aaron's last sermon. What was the last thing that Aaron said to us? as a church, what was the last thing that Aaron said to us corporately? He's been back here before again since to preach a sermon here and there. But guys, in his ministry, what was the last thing that he said to us? Man, I listened to this sermon. It was emotional, man, and it just brought back memories. I was like, wow. Aaron laid an amazing foundation on the gospel here at Riverside. The whole reason we got to 13 years was because of the gospel. It wasn't because of Aaron or who he was or his personality or anything that he did, guys, it was always about Jesus. It was always about the gospel. And in his sermon, guys, listen to the sermon this week. That's your homework. You want some homework? Listen to that sermon this week. Go to our website, go to the sermon page, go to July 15th, 2012. Okay? That was Aaron's last sermon here. Man, and you'll notice that he was like, you know what? We're not going to walk down memory lane here. Guys, we're going to look forward. Because the foundation of this church is on the gospel. And going forward, it's going to be on the gospel. This church isn't going to die. Man, guys, and now fast forward five years. It's 2017. It's been five years. Look at us. Have we not grown? But it's not just about head count. It's about heart growth, man. We're seeing people grow here at Riverside. And it's because of the foundation that we're on. And I just want to share the, a little bit of the text that Aaron preached. It was in John 17, 3. It was some of Jesus' last words to the, to the disciples in the upper room during the Lord's Supper. So it was fitting why Aaron picked this. John 17, 3, it's on the screen. It says this. This is what he preached on. It says, and this is eternal life. That they know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Guys, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Guys, this is about life. It's about living. 
It's not just about eternal life. It is about eternal life, but it's not just about that. It's about living. Guys, don't you want to be full? Don't you want to be full? It's about truly being alive. It's about truly being alive in this life and being transformed and growing. It's about living a life that means something. And this is how we do it. Those words, to know you. An intimate relationship with Jesus. To know Christ in relationship. Not to do religion. Guys, to know Christ, just like man, we know our spouse or something. A loving, intimate relationship with Jesus. That's what Aaron preached on, man. This is what it's all about. What is the big deal with the gospel? Why is the gospel the foundation? What is the big deal? Guys, that Christ took our place on the cross and he paid our, the penalty for us, man. This is a foundation in which there has been sacrificial love laid down for us. Sacrificial love. There was no other love that was greater than the love of God in Christ for us. That's what the gospel is about. That's the foundation, guys. That Christ was resurrected, guys, it's a foundation of hope. It's a foundation of hope, man. Not just for salvation, but it's a hope for this life. It's a hope for our marriages. It's a, a hope for our families. It's a hope for our relationships. Guys, we transform and we grow in the gospel. It's about things in this life. Guys, the resurrection, it broke the power of sin and death in our life. Because of Jesus, sin and death no longer have a hold on us when you put your faith in Christ. They no longer have a hold on us. Guys, it's a foundation of new life. New life. God redeems himself. He redeems us to himself. Guys, and God transforms us. It's a foundation of forgiveness, unfailing grace, unending mercy, just running through our blood. Guys, because of the gospel, everything meaningless is now purposeful. Everything dead that we thought was dead is now alive. Is now alive, man. If your marriage you feel is dead, guys, in the gospel, no. It's alive. And God can redeem it if you allow him to. Guys, through the gospel, God is reconciling all things to himself. Just like a builder takes a pile of raw material. Man, I look at a pile of raw material, it's like, what can you do with this? But then a guy like Tom or somebody, that contractor, will just take all these parts and then just start putting them together and relating them to each other to build like a beautiful, beautiful home. That's what God is doing in the gospel. That's the foundation that we're standing on. And guys, it is being done in Christ. We don't graduate from this. We don't graduate from this. We don't move on to next things. Not only is it the foundation, it's every piece that we're building on top of that foundation. It's always the gospel. Guys, why? Because we can be easily pulled away from the gospel. Not because the gospel is weak, it's because we're weak. It's because we're weak. Guys, Paul warns the Ephesian leaders in this text that haters, 
Haters are going to come and try to take your foundation away. Guys, we're seeing it in the world today. Back then, the plots of these people, man, they weren't very subtle about it. <laughs> but guys, the world is subtle. The world is subtle about it, suppressing, suppressing and ignoring and trying to pressure and crack and destroy our foundation. Guys, the world is subtle about it. I want to ask you, what is the foundation of your life? Man, as leaders, we need to be asking ourselves, what is the foundation of this church? We have to always be talking about this. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Ezra's not perfect. Keith, our leaders, we always have to be revisiting the gospel every day. Every day. And every moment of our lives. Guys, what are you grounded in? Is your marriage grounded in the word of God? Is your family grounded in the word of God? The foundation will determine everything about this church. Guys, if it's not the gospel, man, we can do awesome things, have awesome programs, preach the best sermons. Man, but if, if the foundation isn't the gospel, it is a complete failure. A complete and utter failure if the foundation of this church is not the gospel. And it's the same thing for our lives, our personal lives. Guys, a foundation that is a fraction of an inch off, man, what happens when a foundation of a house is a fraction of an inch off, just a little bit? This is why a guy like Tom gets it perfect because when you have a foundation like that and you start building up, that, 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 that little error just continues to grow as you build up. So by the time you get to the apex of the house, Man, the house is probably like a foot off, right? So you got this house that's just weak. It's crooked. It's not standing right. This is why the foundation is so important that we get it right, that we get it perfect. Man, we're not gonna be perfect, but if we pursue the gospel in our lives and pursue Jesus in our lives, we have that perfect foundation that we can start building on top of day after day. Guys, like Christ, Paul, you see here in this text, Paul didn't work hard and serve with all humility so God would accept him. He didn't do that, man. Paul served with all humility and worked his tail off because God accepted him. On that road to Damascus, man, Paul didn't do anything right. He was on his way to was it Damascus? Yeah. He was on his way to Damascus to like persecute Christians. He didn't do anything right. And yet Jesus knocked him off his high horse and took him low and pursued him first. Guys, Paul's foundation was set in the finished work of Christ. Our foundation determines everything about our lives, whether we stand or we fall. Guys, whether the choices we make, the actions we take, the words that come out of our mouth, to know what is your foundation, you've got to ask yourself this question. What am I depending on? What am I depending on? Am I standing on every word of God? Or am I making the rules? Man, am I working hard to, to gain God's effort? Is self-righteousness my foundation? Because if, if it is, that is a weak foundation because no amount of good work or good effort can please God because of sin because of sin. 
It was Jesus that pleased God. And it was Jesus that took our place on the cross. So in Christ, only in Christ is God pleased with us. He sees us like he sees Jesus. Maybe your foundation is wealth. I don't know. Man, if your foundation is wealth, you're in trouble. Because every dollar you make, you spend it the next day. Man, and you can lose it easily. We've seen that. Guys, my foundation was my career for a long time. I used to be a PGA golf professional for 10 years. I was working my way up the chain. It was everything to me. It was my life, career, and achievement. I, was, I won awards and was recognized for this success that I had. It was everything to me. But I was just cyclically discontent. And finally, I had my dream job. And then finally, I got laid off from my dream job. And that's when I started asking questions. And God was pursuing me through that. And that's about the time when I came to Christ. And God gave me a new foundation. Guys, I want to take you on a trip 40 years into the future. Not literally, like from today. 40 years in the future in Scripture. I want to show you a Scripture in Revelation. Man, we never read Revelation, I know. I rarely read Revelation. But guys, look in Revelation chapter 2. Verses two through five. We see kind of what has become of the Ephesian church. Revelation is this book where Jesus is giving these words to John. He's like, I want you to write these words. This is Revelation. I want you to write these words and I'm gonna give like kind of a, a report card for these seven churches. And here's the Ephesian church little report card. The scripture, it says this. It says, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But, so he's got some good things to say. Listen to this. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. Do the works you did at first, guys. The Ephesian church had abandoned their first love. Things look really good on the outside. On the inside that you can't see, the foundation that you can't see was off. Their intimacy with Jesus they abandoned their first love, their intimacy with Jesus, and they weren't loving each other by extension of that. Guys, they lost their foundation. They must go back to the basics. He says, go back to the works at first. So go back to the time, like we've seen in, in Acts, in the beginning of the Ephesian church. How did this church start? It started on a solid foundation of the gospel, of who Jesus is. Loving Christ. Intimacy with Christ. You have to go back to that. Guys, let's read the rest of Acts 20. It says this. And it's up on the screen. And this is what I want to commend for you today. Really, it was just what Paul commends to these leaders. That's what I just want to tell you today. I don't even have to preach this. Just read it and we can go. Right? We're not doing that, but... It says, and now, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, the foundation. 
I commend you to God in the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands minister to my necessities and to those who are with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful, most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. And that's it. Paul's personal ministry in Ephesus is over. Guys, he commends them to God and the grace of his word. Guys, I wanna challenge you, what is your foundation? I wanna commend you to the word of God and, and to the gospel. This is the gospel. The whole Bible is the gospel. It is the story in detail of what God has done for us in Christ. And I wanna commend you to this. And guys, I wanna commend you to exemplifying our foundation. If your foundation is the gospel, you'll exemplify it. You will exempt whatever our foundation is, you're gonna live that out. Make the gospel your foundation. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. He said, it is finished. Jesus did all of the work for us. Jesus created the foundation. Jesus created the foundation. The man Jesus who said, it is more blessed to give than to receive, he showed us on the cross what exactly that means. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus gave his life. Can we exemplify that? Can we make that our foundation? Just as Christ did not shrink from his ministry, Paul did not cease or shrink from proclaiming and living out the gospel. Paul is simply taking what is finished and exemplifying it and building it in the church, in the Ephesian church. And it's the same for us today. If your foundation is the gospel, you are in a race to keep it as your foundation. This text is both an end and a beginning. It's the end of Paul's presence and his personal ministry, but it's a beginning. It's a beginning for the Ephesian leaders to take the torch and run. To take the torch and run. Jesus lit the torch on fire, and now we carry it and we fan the flame. We fan the flame with obedience. With obedience, we fan the flame with declaring and testifying and teaching the gospel, the foundation, in our families, in our homes, and in our communities that we're not silent like we've learned in this sermon series. Guys, today can be an end for you. It can be an end of old ways. It can be an end of old ways, the end of a weak foundation and the beginning of a new one in Christ. Guys, it can be the end of saying on self-righteousness, the weak rock that I stand. And the beginning of saying on Christ, the solid rock that I stand. Guys, I'm so excited, man. We're gonna see a baptism. Let's do a baptism. Yeah. You guys wanna do a baptism? Yeah. Let's do a baptism. Man, we're, what we're seeing here today is the beginnings of a solid foundation that's being laid. Man, we're so excited for Amanda. Amanda, come on up. Ezra, you wanna come up too? And it's, it's just a exciting, Amanda, to see your, your boldness and your willingness to come and do this. And it's, it, guys, it's so biblical. When you read accounts in Scripture of someone coming to faith in Jesus, 
Baptism always follows very quickly thereafter, right? It's like, hey, I believe in Jesus. What do I need to do? You need to be baptized. And so we're celebrating uh, with you today this step of obedience. And you're going to hear her testimony here. She's got a great testimony. Um, and I want to encourage you that, that we as a church are here. Um, this is not the end of the journey, but it's really just the very beginning of the journey. And we would love to walk alongside you and help you to know how Jesus has worked in each of our lives and there's things that you can show us and there's things that we would hope to show you about what it means to walk with Jesus and to share that truth uh, together because we're baptized not only into the name of Jesus but into his body, into, into the church. And so, uh, so we're excited to celebrate this with you today. And uh, let's take a moment and, uh, and we have her, her testimony that we captured on video here. Well, I used to have a drug problem and I got in trouble. I ended up in prison. I went to a class where they explained to us that the Bible is a lot of symbolism and they explained what everything was and that there was a lot of predictions made in the Bible that came true. And I realized that there was more to it. I started getting chills and just felt God coming close to me. You know, I started reading more about the Bible and I just kept getting chills and then God spoke to me and I just wanted to be closer to him and follow him and I wanted a better life. You just believe in Jesus. He died for our sins on the cross and as long as you believe in him, you go to heaven. I read that as a new believer, you should be rebaptized, and I just want to proclaim that I'm with God. It represents the washing away of your sins and dying with Christ and being risen born again. You don't need to be good enough for God to accept you. Jesus died for our sins and we're all sinners, but you should try to be good anyway. It's made a tremendous difference. I'm just a completely different person. My whole life has changed. I'm achieving my goals and doing very well and I'm happy. My name is Amanda Spillane and Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Amanda, who do you profess as your Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ. And I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> 